0: Hello. This is Susan Marie and welcome to The Human Condition, a conversation with you based upon everyday observations that all of us experience, made simple. You can catch these on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and by subscribing to my newsletter on my website suemarie.info. Today I wish to talk with you about art appreciation and briefly focusing on art history, including periods, movements and genres. But my purpose for this discussion is for us to both better understand and appreciate art. I have a funny story about a famous local art gallery in Jackson Pollock. I don't recall which painting was on display, but I was with a few kids, one of them my own. They were small, under the age of 10, and I was taking them to the art gallery for art appreciation. And in front of us stood a group of extremely well-dressed, clicky, artsy men and women You know, the kind of people that keep everyday people from visiting art galleries. You know, bourgeois, critics, mouth breathers. Anyhow, I was trying to talk to the kids and have them tell me how the painting made them feel when this extremely snobby group of people in front of us who would not move out of the way for the children were having this irrational, heated debate with one another over what Pollock meant by a strange marking in the far corner of the painting. Now, having studied Pollock, and yes, he is one of my top ten favorite artists of all time, I already knew what the mark was. However, this group of people stood there debating on what this mark did and did not mean for about five to eight minutes. Growing tired, I finally blurted out, "'That is an ashtray mark. Pollock smoked while he painted. It seriously means nothing.'" They all just turned around and stared at me as if I was insane. I am not insane. I was correct. However, that did get them all to cease debating and move. Good. Finally, we were able to enjoy the painting. See, the thing is, art does not need to be that difficult. Art is expression, emotion, movement, and activism. The intent of art is to make you feel by using color, texture, layers, and is something that conveys a sense of motion and emotion and atmosphere that does not use pictures. No one can use words to tell you about art. You must experience that for yourself. For example, next time you are in front of a work of art, can you sense the music the artist was listening to when they created this? Are you able to smell the paint and see the mess on the floor, the walls, on the artist's hands and shoes? Art is a tangible, visible representation of the artist's experience now existing in its own format, which only you can understand by seeing it. It is not a picture or false narrative. Think how revolutionary it is to convey a sense of time, place and motion with paint and canvas without using any pictures or words. What now exists on the canvas is its own thing and nothing like it exists or gives the same impression. It cannot be repeated. You may not even understand the same work of art the same way each time you look at it. Art is created to defy the expectations of language. And art appreciation involves evoking emotion. Enough emotion to spark rational discussion. And simple analyzation of artwork only includes concepts to dissect, like light, shadow, color, texture, perspective, medium, scale, and most importantly, emotion. There are eight main periods of art. Ancient classical art, which is like cave paintings, Greek and Roman architecture, medieval art, Byzantine. That's mostly the religious art. The Renaissance, where artists began to paint everything as we see it. That's like da Vinci, Raphael, Michelangelo. Renaissance and neoclassicism is where artists began to use mathematical measuring. They would actually measure their canvases and their subject so they could be symmetrically perfect. Then we move to romanticism, which is not what we think. It doesn't have to do with being romantic at all. Romanticism is about the beauty and terror of nature and existence. It is all about existentialism. And then in modern art, we have impressionism, realism, surrealism, abstract, like Pollock, Monet, Warhol, Van Gogh, and then to contemporary art, which is body art, performance art, art installations, cyber art, biological art, graffiti, and street art, which most artists are today. And within each period are numerous sub-periods and movements like indigenous, Egyptian, Hindu, Islamic, African, and Asian art. And art history is vast and endless and outside of the scope of our purposes here. So I suggest studying the periods and movements further. In a 2017 study in Frontiers in Human Neuroscience magazine, the Department of Cognitive Science, in conjunction with the Department of Philosophy at Occidental College in California, postulated that scientists, humanists, and art lovers value art not just for its beauty, but for its social importance and communicative nature, for its capacity to increase one's self-knowledge and encourage personal growth and its ability to challenge preconceptions. That's important. In addition, the study argues that a systematic neuroscientific study of art appreciation must move beyond understanding aesthetics alone and move towards investigating the social importance of art appreciation. To scientifically investigate these ideas, psychologists ask viewers to rate the aesthetic appeal of an artwork, to rate their preferences for it compared to other artworks, and to indicate their emotional responses to various works. What does that mean? It means that art appreciation must go beyond personal taste and preferences in order to go beyond our own likes and dislikes about art, in order to tap into how socially and culturally important a work of art may be. I took an interactive personality test called the Artistic Preferences Scale 1.2 that was developed to measure individual differences in what people enjoy about visual art. It measures the style and content of artwork and has about 30 pairs of paintings And for each pair, all you have to do is choose which you prefer and by how much. And it takes about two to five minutes to complete. Can you do me a favor? Can you take two to five minutes to complete that test? It's important. I promise. I swear. There are three parts to the result. And this is hysterical because my score is 100% accurate. And while you take it, don't even think. Just, Just react emotionally to what you see, what your preferences are, what you like and dislike. Mine made me laugh because it showed strong preference for linear works where the artist depicts clear shapes bounded by lines and attempts to achieve photorealism, which is the renaissance, which I adore. And it also showed that there's a strong indication that I prefer abstract works, and that's Pollock right there. And I have a moderate preference for masculine works. And what masculine works means is is art that depicts machines, ships, architecture, as opposed to subjects that are stereotypically associated with females, like women in dresses and women sewing and cooking. Why do I want you to take this test? To examine your own preconceptions about art and move past them. And I'll tell you why this is important. Recently, my son and I, He's an artist and art student, stood in front of a painting he adored, and I immediately disliked it. He was shocked at my attitude because I typically do not critique art. I appreciate it. But I felt nothing from the painting. I did not think it was anything I would hang on my wall, and I wondered why this was considered art. I was becoming angry discussing this piece. My son began to present his views on the texture, the medium used, what the artist was conveying through color and movement, and I listened. And we debated. We started to sound a bit like that snobby group of people up there with the Pollock painting. However, I noticed something integral. This work of art was evoking emotion in me. I began to study the movement of the lines in the painting more and began to appreciate the emotions conveyed through color and texture, and I was transported into the world of the artist and felt extremely sad now viewing this work and explained exactly what was causing me anger. It was not whether or not this can be considered art. I have no right saying such a ridiculous thing. It was my own emotions I addressed, why I was angry, why the painting made me sad and what was surfacing in my own cognition that the work of art simply made conscious. It was a brilliant time of self-discovery and this is why art is healing on numerous levels. I want you to do me another favor. Visit an art gallery, any gallery. Look at all the artwork, paintings, exhibitions, sculptures, interactive art, and first allow yourself to feel, meaning how does the work of art make you feel? Then pay attention to the medium, the brush strokes, the technique, and attempt to imagine through your own emotions, What the artist may or may not have been trying to convey. Sometimes art does have deeper meanings like metaphor. Sometimes not. The integral aspect of all art is that it evokes emotion that leads to self-discovery. Artists are vulnerable human beings that choose to set their souls upon public platters to be picked apart and critiqued. And art is healing. It has the power to evoke strong emotions in all of us and art speaks. It has a most thunderous voice that presents as activism. Art has the ability to manifest as the ultimate definition of freedom. Jackson Pollock once stated, if people would just look at the paintings, I don't think they would have any trouble enjoying them. It's like looking at a bed of flowers. You don't tear your hair out over what it means. Join me next week for more interesting discussion suggested by you to me and check out last week's episode on what is xenophobia.